Hi, and welcome to the Ask My Mom podcast, a podcast for young adults about all the things we didn't learn in school. Here to share her knowledge with our generation is my mom, Jen Exer, and accredited financial counselor, Jennifer. If you learned something on today's episode or simply enjoy the pod, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to it. To get in touch with us, you can submit your questions via email to askmymompod at gmail.com. You can also like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at askmymompod. We greatly appreciate all your support. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Ask My Mom podcast. Today we will be continuing our conversation about credit. In the previous episode, we talked about what credit is. Today we're going to be talking more about how credit affects our lives. So stay tuned. Thank you so much for listening. The way they use it it's against not very you, fair. especially when you're young and you have, you, you don't have a credit score. So think about this. How about if you were 18 years old and you just graduated high school, you got your first job and you make enough money to buy a car. You also saved money to pay the tax title license and a small down payment. So you've done really well as an 18 year old, right? So you, and you've done the right things. You've saved your money. You have cash to put down. You got a good job. You can afford the payment, but then you go to the dealership and um, they tell you that your interest rate is going to be 18%. Because you don't have any credit. So you've done all these right things. It, I mean, I know 18% is a lot because it's more than like, obviously my car loan is, but I mean, that's a lot more than my car loan is. The dad co-signed on mine. So I think that's why mine's low. Is 18 ridiculous or what is on yes. like a scale? Where is that at? That's bad. Eight, 18 on a car is ridiculous. What Ridiculous. is a good, what is the goal for an interest rate on a car? Anything six and under, I think is a goal. Really two or three is really the goal. But so you theoretically, know, what does my credit score have to look like to get me to have a lower interest rate? What kind of credit score gives me an 18% interest rate? No credit score or the threes, fours, fives, sixes, maybe not so much the sixes, but this person we're talking about has no credit. Right. Oh, so you didn't, you're just, you just turned 18. You haven't done anything yet. Right. Oh, wow. So what about this one? If you were in, you're in your third year of college, you're ready to move out of the dorms and get an apartment. You go to the apartment complex, you fill out the application, the management company runs your credit and denies you, even though financially the apartment is well within your budget, you're responsible. You're in your third year of college, you probably have a job. And you've saved and you've run the numbers and you know you can afford it, but they're not going to rent to you because you don't have credit. I mean, I know people that that has happened to personally who couldn't get approved. Not, I feel like there are certain apartment complexes in college that are made for college students, so they're definitely more willing to work with it, but they, de- they demand a co-signer. They will not rent to a college student on their own. Um, but I know friends who have tried to live like off campus and like rent a house from someone with a couple friends. And I've seen that happen to people that they don't have enough credit built or they never, they don't have any credit in that way. They might have like a credit card, but they've never had a loan or they've never had anything like that. And they just won't get rented to. And it sucks because I mean, I know my friends who work through college and are responsible obviously and have good grades and you know, but can't get an apartment. Right. So that's kind of not nice either, right? Because just because you're young doesn't mean you're irresponsible, but your credit score 
that's what your credit score shows when you're young. So how about this one? You just graduated college and you got your a job offer from a company that you've been hoping to work for ever since you picked your major. The hiring manager tells you everything looks great. You're, you have the job pending a credit check. And then they contact you a few days later and tell you they have to withdraw their offer because of your credit score. I mean, honestly, I'd be devastated. And I, I can't even imagine. I mean, I know after I graduated and I couldn't find a job for the first couple months. And when I finally found a great job, like post-graduation, I can't imagine, I can't imagine them taking the contract back or withdrawing my job offer just because of my credit. I'm so glad that my job didn't check my credit right after I graduated college also. No, that's devastating because like you graduated, you hit this milestone, you're ready to move on into the adult world and you've got all your ducks in a row. Like these are not irresponsible scenarios. These people in these scenarios are responsible. They've done well, the right I think things. It's I think it's important to also say that even if you didn't go to college and you're 20 or 18 or 22 and you, you know, we're talking about it as that's something that proves responsibility, but I think just working full-time in general and being able to keep a full-time job, which obviously I'm assuming if you're moving out, you work full-time. I think even that, that shows you're responsible. And also, I know a lot of people who are not responsible who still manage to pay their rent. I don't really think. Right, but your credit score. Like, I don't score, think it's an indication of if you're responsible or not. But that's what the credit score does. It Or when you're young. I think as you're older, obviously, it's an indication of if you're responsible since if you just don't pay your bills. But I think when you're young and you don't have any, it's not that you're irresponsible. Right, but they're not looking at your age on your application. They're not looking at they're not checking your bank account. They're not doing any of those things. They're just looking at your credit score. That's up. So what it's called the three C's of credit, right? Character, collateral, and capacity. And that's what a credit score tells somebody about you. It tells them your character. So you automatically have no score or a low score. So that indicates that you don't have good character. You're not going to pay your bills. Although you're young and that doesn't really apply in mm -hmm. real world interpersonal relationships. But when you're just somebody, a lender, and you're just looking at the paperwork, that's what it's telling them. So when we talk about these scenarios, something that could have happened or that may have helped these people is to start building credit early. How early can you start building credit? Well, you can't take out a credit card until you're 18, legally. So I don't know why they offer Jenna an Ulta card every time we go there when she's 15. Actually, I have a question about this. I have a couple, a couple people we know that whose parents took out a credit card to help them build credit when they were in high school and put their name on the card or somehow or another pulled it out in their name. I don't really even understand because I didn't, I don't, I didn't think you were able to under 18, but I know people whose parents have like pulled out credit cards to help them build credit. Yeah. So that technically, since that child is not allowed to commit. You to can't the enter responsibility, into a contract, right? Yeah. So technically it's called identity theft. Now there are ways oh. to put your, your child to give your child the use of a card without them having the obligation to pay the debt. Some credit card companies will let you do that. But if you're just 
having you have a card they they're on that card as a responsible party that would be considered identity theft because i've heard a lot of people uh, when i teach these classes a lot of people are like oh my parents got a credit card in my name when i was a baby to start building my credit or oh i just got credit cards in my kids names and they're 10 well now you've committed identity theft because and that's that's like super illegal right identity theft yeah even if it's like a parent because i mean theoretically the parent could just use the card and then it's not in their name and it doesn't affect their credit so Is that what, that's why they do it right well some i see that sometimes um i see folks that come to me and they have all this debt and it's insane and they're very young and their credit score is really bad, but their parents have taken out those loans and credit cards in their name and then did not pay back the debt. So they've destroyed their child's credit. And I see that, I actually, I see this probably, it's probably the second most common problem I see. No. I, and then. I disown you. I'd be pissed. I'd be really mad. Well, and what happens is the only way to not have to pay off that debt is to file a police report. And then you send that to the credit reporting agencies and that those, those creditors and say, this is not mine. I was, my identity was stolen. But what happens is it's because it's their parent. They don't want to do that. So I had a young lady in my I office. Would. I know. I had a young lady in my office about a year ago who was, who had to pay off $40,000 in credit card debt that the, her mom took out in her name. And she, and did, she not, did it. And she did it. She paid it off because she did not want to file a police report. And I had another young man in my office and his mom did it to him like his entire life. And so, and he didn't want to file a police report and I get it. That's your mom. But, I don't. <laughs> but he was also sending money home to help his mom and his little brother. So he was having an income sending money to his parent or to his mom and his brother paying off this debt that his mom had taken out in his name. And literally when he, while he was in my office, he got an alert on his phone that his mom at that very moment was trying to take out another credit card in his name. What did you tell him he needs to cut his mom off? No, that's not my job. I can't tell you to do that. I can just tell you what you can do. Did you tell him that's crazy and you should not let her do? Oh, is he okay now? I haven't seen him in, in quite a while. I hope so. Because, you know, oh, and he no. felt he, I mean, the emotional attachment is he, you know. No, I get it. It's your mom. But. So, and maybe a lot of parents who do this in their kids' names, the intent is not to run up credit in their kid's name and never right. pay it back. I imagine that that's probably, I just don't see that. That's not what I see normally. So I, I would think, just well, I caution say, against I know, it. I do know. I definitely know that scenario. And I also do know people who at like 16, maybe it's like you said, where they were put on as like a non-responsible party or whatever, if that helps you build credit. But I do know parents who just genuinely, as like a teenager, get a little, try to help their kids have a little head start on their credit. I think obviously pulling a credit card out in your baby's name is probably not great. Yeah. So when I was young, my mom put my name on one of her cards, not to run up credit in my name, just to start building my credit, which was fine. Um, When I was in my early 20s, I went to buy my very first car at a car dealership. 
And I was unable to get the loan because my name was on her credit card. So it showed that I had too much debt for my income. Oh, I didn't think about it that way. So I had to have her take my name off her card. So she had to shut her card down, transfer the balance to a new card. Wait, but that can hurt your credit too if you close an account. Yeah, and that probably hurt her credit. But I needed to get my name off her card because I couldn't buy a car. Because it was showed I had too much debt. I don't know. It was a long time ago. I don't remember. Probably because she's Probably. always mad. <laughs> but, so, you know, there's lots of things that we do to help people, but sometimes it doesn't necessarily help in the long term. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably one of those times that, I mean, that's probably why it's illegal. Well, and it's that person can't commit to that debt. So you're taking somebody else's social security number and name and you're signing their name. So it's that's a a bummer. Yeah. So there are lots of wacky stories. Car buyer. Okay. So 18, fresh out of high school, saved up some money. We're going to the car dealership. We're buying 18, fresh out of high school, saved up some money. We're going to the car dealership. We're buying a car. We're going to the used car lot. We're buying a car. Yeah. So what could he do, do you think, and you said it earlier, to help get that interest rate lower? Or or should he make a different decision? What can Oh, he can get I mean, I got my dad to co-sign. Yeah. And that's Is that is that's, that that's good though, right? Yeah, because he he's still 18, you know, he okay, so he can go get a credit card, but that's not going to help him today. Right. So he should also start trying to build his credit at the same time, but asking for a co-signer will also help build his credit. Go ahead. Can I get a credit card? My limit's $5,000 and use it to buy a car. Yeah, but you're going to have credit cards are 18 to 24% interest. So horrible idea. For the most part, unless you get it from a credit union and you're still at like 12% interest, maybe 9.99 right now because interest rates are low, but Still not. So no. Yeah. So that's not a way to get around it. Okay. I was thinking no. around it if you put in get a good car loan on your own. Yeah. But so and and also he was trying to get the loan from the car dealership. So if he had a relationship already with a bank or a credit union, you know, if he had a bank account from when he was little, he could go back to that bank account or that bank or credit union and see what kind of interest rate they would offer him for that because they see he has money in the bank, you know, so they might look at some other parts of him to get that okay. interest rate down. They know and you. The other, the car dealership is like, I don't know who you are. You don't have any credit. We're not helping you, but your bank might help. Right. You more. Yes. So they okay. may ha- have offered him a lower interest rate, but a co-signer, a parent, you know, with good credit. Does your co-signer is- have to be a parent or related to you? No, right? No. No. So here's, here's my rule of thumb. This is what I tell everyone in my classes. Always ask for a cosigner, never cosign for anyone. I would like to take a moment to say that when I, I'm ready to trade in my car right now and my dad co-signed on the one, my dad co-signed on the one I have and told me he will not co-sign again. And I feel like that might be advice you gave him. (laughs) Well, we knew that you were going to pay back the loan. We knew that because 
we know your dad and you are not going to get away with not paying back the money. And we knew you were responsible and you had a job. So we knew the type of person you were. So of course we trusted you to make your payment. I think some people don't, when they co-sign, don't understand how it affects their own credit and the responsibility that they're taking on. How hard I, is it if I have, because I know people who have co-signed with like their boyfriend and then they break up. How hard is it to unco? Can you unsign? No. So no. I, I see this all the time with divorces. Never co-sign because people do, like you said, they're boyfriend, girlfriend, and then both people are stuck. And what if one of those people has um, like a security clearance or their employer checks their credit? So now one of you has just ditched and left this person responsible for everything and they can't pay it because you had debt together. Can I sue someone for co-signing with me and then dipping? Well, yeah, you would. Yeah. But what are you going to, I mean, if, what are you going to do? I mean, you can, but if they're not paying it, they can, the courts can order them to pay, but that doesn't mean they're going to. But I, so what you're saying is when you co-sign, you're saying no matter what happens, I'll make sure these payments get made. Yeah. So if, right. if Noelle can't make her payments, I am going to make her payments. You know, I actually know, and I think obviously this is my generation. We don't, I mean, I do know people who are still getting married really young, but I think I know a lot more people who live together or are in, you know, long-term planning relationships that are, that do that and put their names on things together. And I know when me and my boyfriend were moving into this house, you, we had talked about briefly if my name should go on it or not, me and him. And when I talked to you about it, you were like, you know, that's what you want to do. Go for it. But it's not a good idea. And ultimately, I am glad you Yeah. I mean, you don't want to be responsible. You know, I, I see it. I don't know. I see a lot of, I see a lot of things. Um, I've seen roommates co-sign for pets at the pet store. You told me I should never co-sign for anyone. So until right. the day comes where I'm forced to, I probably will not ever co-sign on anything. Yeah. And that seems fair. Yeah. Because I'm willing to help somebody who's going to help themselves. I'm not going to just hand somebody something. Because anytime, basically you're loaning, by co-signing, you're really loaning somebody your own money. Because you're responsible for that if they don't make it. So are you willing to lose that much money? Yeah, I mean, that's, for somebody that's, else's- a, that's actually a really good way to look at it. And I ha- I've never thought about it that way. And, I'm, and right now in my head, I'm thinking of all the people I know who, who have co-signed on things or who have had people co-sign for them. And I mean, like I said, my dad co-signed on, my la- on the car I have right now. So I'm not like any better than that. But I'm, like, there's nothing wrong with having a co-signer if you can get one. But it is, it's such a big risk. Yeah, so you need to be willing to give up that much money. So if you're going to co-sign for a $15,000 car, you need to be willing to give up $15,000 just in case. Because you never know when somebody's going to go off the deep end. Well, no, and I think sometimes it's not even going off the deep end. I think it's a, sometimes it is circumstance. And I think that's a lot of people, I think when they get into credit card debt, some people it is that you just can't control and you spend, spend, spend. But I also know that sometimes getting into that, spiral starts with you lose your job and you have to start putting bills on your credit card or this that and the other and then suddenly one day you're maxed out on your limit and you can't make your car payments and then now it's falling on whoever co-signed on it for you it's not always 
that they go off the deep end, sometimes a you know a storm comes and yeah, life happens. Your life's upside down, but someone else is kind of liable for it. Right. And in those cases, you know, you, hopefully your family member wouldn't mind helping, but yeah. are they in a financial place to so, actually yeah. help? So sometimes it can really hurt both of your credit. So Well, it hurts both of your credit no matter what, right? Yeah. If you're not if you're not making payments. Right. Well, yeah, if nobody's making a payment. And that's what I, I see that sometimes is one person just doesn't care and they go and the other person has to keep their credit in good standing and they're in a really rough situation because they have finance together and then one person dips. So it's just rough. So you have to just be really, really careful. So we used to joke, and I don't know if I ever, I think I did say this to you a couple times. When you start dating someone, ask them for their credit report. You actually did tell me that. I don't think you were joking. I've ever, the only adult who's ever talked to me about credit at all, ever. And I think that is partially because it's your job, but I think everyone else doesn't just because, well, one, I don't really think every, I don't think anyone really understands it if it's not what you do. There's so many pieces and parts. You talked about them today. And I think unless you have someone sit down and really go through it with you who doesn't work at the bank and isn't trying to give you the loan, there's no way to really... Yeah. And we all come from different socioeconomic backgrounds too. So sometimes, you know, it just wasn't part of the life of your parents either. They had their own thing going on. Maybe they were able to pay cash for everything. And so it was mm -hmm. never an issue. It was never something they really ever addressed. And that's fine. Sometimes you in inherit a home and that's your family home and that's where you stay. So you never had to take out a mortgage. So there's lots of different right. circumstances where credit may never be an issue until now you're an adult. And you're not and then suddenly going to live that face. same life and yeah. you're going to do something else. And then, you know, you move on from there. So when I was growing up, you never talked about religion, politics, or money. Right? So, now, well, like you said, and you can use the information to try to help someone else. We all kind of like ask each other questions on, like, I know one of my friends had a little bit of credit card debt and she was like, hey, what do you know about personal loans? Just generally asking me because no one really knows. So we're like crowdsourcing our thoughts on, you know, on money. Yeah. Like we're a lot more comfortable, I think, talking about money maybe than you guys are. I, I think so. And, you know, but when I went to school, we did learn the basics. You know, we'd learned how we to balance a checkbook. We learned certain things. Now, I didn't come from a background where, there was money flowing or anything like that. I came from very modest income. You can say extremely modest, extremely. Okay. We're poor, <laughs> but you know, but I did learn some things, but I, I did not learn how to save for retirement. That was never a topic that was discussed. Although my grandparents did, they saved for retirement, but it was never anything that was passed down to me. I had to learn the hard way. So, I think, it's I think just, we're just doing this to try to help my generation not learn the hard way. Yeah. I mean, it's so important to plant these seeds. And if this affects you, that's great. If it doesn't, listen to the next podcast and maybe that will affect you because there's just so much. And I think now in the technology society we live in, like credit does mean a lot more because everybody's, you know, we pay our bills online. You either use your debit card or your credit card, but you're going to get airline points if you use your credit card. 
So use that credit card, get those points and pay it off. But that wasn't something that was really happening when I was young, at least not in my socioeconomic level. Well, I think that was different too. I don't know that when you were growing up, did airlines, like, I don't know that credit cards had so many like benefits, did they? I couldn't tell you. I wouldn't think so. I think it's like, because now it's a little bit more gimmicky to try to like outdo the other credit cards. I, I know, well, I was a history major in college. So I know that banks used to be a lot more locally focused. Mm-hmm. And it was more just you went to the bank to borrow money or to put your money, you know, in or whatever. Yeah, they had it savings and loans back then, which they don't really have now. What you- I'm saying, I think that yeah. I would, I'm willing to bet that in your grandparents' time, they were not, their credit cards didn't come with all the perks and points that we do now. Well, so anyway, let's get back. Most or 50% of Americans have errors on their credit report. So fixing those small errors, mm. person in your life, and you want to help them start building credit, you know, obviously the secured credit card or a secured loan when they're 18. Um, if you're, you know, helping them buy a car, even if you're paying for the car and you're taking out a loan, put them on the loan as, and you just look like the cosigner. Um, you can also, even if you have the cash to pay for the car, you could take out a secured loan, make a couple payments on that loan with that young person, you know, 18 and up on there as, as a responsible party, make those payments for a few months and then just pay the car off. Just make sure you don't have a prepayment penalty and that will help start building their credit and get them the secured credit card and start working on that. But make sure paying the payments on time all the time, no more than 30% utilization. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ask My Mom podcast. You can connect with us on Facebook at Ask My Mom Pod. You can rate and review us. We'd appreciate it so, so much on any platform you're listening on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Podbean, wherever else you get your pods. And also be sure to send in your questions to askmymompod at gmail.com. We would love to have a guest. We would love to answer some more specific questions for you guys. Just reach out and let us know what information you're looking for. Thanks. Bye.